0: Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hey, everybody. Tom Salemi here. You are now listening to the OIS Podcast, and I am your grateful host. Thanks for joining us. We had some big news drop on us on Friday. Uh, J&J announced that it would pay $4.3 billion for AMO, uh, which is a, a fascinating deal, J&J, of course, uh, a leader in the vision care space with its contact lens business, now has the tools or will have the tools and the devices to sell directly to ophthalmologists. Uh, it's a big deal for J&J and uh, obviously a big deal for Abbott as well. And it's one that'll be interesting to follow and no doubt a topic of conversation at the upcoming OIS at AAO, which is happening on October 13th in Chicago. But we did not want to wait until October 13th in Chicago to talk about it. So we uh, reached out to Ashley McAvoy. She is the group chairman at uh, J&J, and she was very kind and, and took a few minutes with us to uh, to talk about the deal, about how it came together, about what it means for J&J, what it means for AMO, where will it fit in the structure, and, of course, what it means for uh, for customers in the medical community. So thank you, Ashley McAvoy, for joining us. Uh, I hope uh, you folks enjoy this, uh, unfortunately, brief conversation, but very informative. But before we uh, roll the tape, so to speak, I'd like to remind you that, again, OIS at AO is coming up on October 13th in Chicago. You must go right now to ois.net to register. The uh, The lineup of presenting companies is uh, is taking shape. It's going to be another great year, so please join us. join us on October 13th in Chicago. Just go to ois.net to register. And now, this conversation with Ashley McAvoy of J&J. All right, well, Ashley McAvoy, welcome to the podcast.
1: It's a pleasure to be here, Tom.
0: I, I know you don't have a lot of time, so I'll, uh, I'll cut to the chase and just hop into questions. I know it's a, it's a busy time over there. Congratulations on this deal.
1: Thank you. No, it's a, it's a good day for J&J and a good day for iHealth.
0: How, uh, how did the transaction come together? Is this something that been, has been talked about, or is there have been conversations going on for a time?
1: Well, I, you know, Tom, you know us as a contact lens company. You know, we, we enjoy the fortunate position to be number one behind AccuView, but we've been very close to Eye Health over the past few years, really assessing the industry and the science and the technology. We think eye Health is one of the top five largest eye health segments. It's growing north of 5%, and there's significant unmet needs still to be had, um, So when we've been keeping our eye on Abbott Medical Optics, the number two surgical player, um, very strong portfolio in cataract and in LASIK procedures. We think that they have a strong differentiated pipeline, particularly in intraocular lenses. And that coupled with a world leader in Acuvue and the backing of a Johnson & Johnson in eye health, we really are quite passionate about the value we can provide to customers and for patients.
0: Oh, that That's great. That, that does seem like a natural fit. Where does the the fit structurally and or corporately will be uh, under vision care in, in eye health and under you? That's where uh, AMO will go?
1: That's correct.
0: Okay. And what will the, the, the leadership look like? Has that been so, decided? So
1: clearly, you know, we like to say hopefully Tom Frenzy's coming home again and, uh, you know, we're, <laughs> We're welcoming um, all of our AMO colleagues at close. Obviously, we have signed a deal. We have not closed the deal. Um, and we really are looking forward to having the, the AMO colleagues join the J&J family. We'd love to have Tom Frenzy, a very credible ophthalmology expert, rejoin Johnson & Johnson after spending some of his early years at Johnson & Johnson. Um, and really just looking forward to, again, combining the best of both to create more value for customers around the world.
0: I forgot about that, the the homecoming aspect. That's a great point. Uh, look, looking more broadly at JNJ, a lot of its growth, a lot of attention has been paid to to the the growth in the pharma side, and, and devices have been looked at a bit differently. This is obviously a, a device play, but do you envision a situation where ophthalmology drugs become part of the story in the future?
1: So, I think Tom, you know, as you know, we've got an active cell therapy program for the treatment of geographic atrophy. Right now, it's in phase two b. You know the, the the fun thing about J&J is we're able to tap into a lot of subject matter experts throughout the entire enterprise, whether they be mechanical engineers who really understand drug delivery mechanisms, whether they be people who spent their years in surgery trying to create a new procedure and get the right kind of standardization or harmonization for doctors, or whether they be people who are, quote, biologic experts in cell therapy, and we kind of smushed them all together in a room, and they've really created this unique drug delivery mechanism that has... Um, pretty robust efficacy and a sound safety profile, again, still in phase 2B trials. Um, so I think that that's a sign of a pharmacological intervention. And as we just spoke about, there's a contact lens and refractive of helping people see, and then obviously the new complement in the surgical ophthalmology space.
0: So is there an opening for, uh, for future acquisitions like this one of this size uh, on the drug side, or do you think that might be something that would be grown more in-house and, and organically?
1: You know, I'd say to be determined. You know, I think I think we have to, you know, assess, um, you know, where the unmet need is and where can we have a differentiated capability and offer value.
0: Makes sense. And and on the device side, we've obviously seen a lot of uh, uh, acquisitions on the MIGS front and the glaucoma front. This is a space where AMO hadn't played previously. Is it an area where we might see J and J have a make a play?
1: Now, I think we're always paying attention, Tom, to areas that are disruptive, and um, you know we're encouraged in the world of ophthalmology that a lot of uh, you know pioneers, quite frankly, started many years ago to start to nurture and see where some of those really meaningful technological innovations can make really sound value for customers and for patients. So we're keeping a close eye to that. We have a work ahead of us right now on making sure we have a very strong closure and an integration team. But I'd say stay tuned.
0: You certainly will. And do you see any changes to uh to commitments to R&D? Is this going to be an area that you'll beef up in in ophthalmology? You mentioned some of the programs you already have going on, but what might we see in the future?
1: Listen, I mean, it's, it's demonstrated that's a very innovation driven category. And I think we have to stay apprised to, um, you know, both emerging market needs as well as developed market needs and both from an implant point of view as well as a capital equipment point of view. So, uh, you know, I'm encouraged by the combination of our optical expertise and material science expertise. We actually have a big energy company in our surgical business. So combining that prowess with what AMOs built in capital equipment. Uh, I think we have the makings of a meaningful portfolio from which we will clearly, um, you know, do some rigorous life cycle management to, to ride out patient needs.
0: And uh, and looking at the, from the customer perspective, what, what changes might physicians see, if any, uh, either from the salespeople or, or interactions with J&J, if the deal goes through?
1: You know, when we do this well, which is what I expect us to do, I think that both both of the O's will benefit. So, you know, the optometry community, which we've been very close with of, of you know, supporting the profession and making sure that we open up different geographies around the world to make sure that there's good market access for the contact lens. I think that there's a beautiful community of connection, if you will, in ophthalmology and AMO has been paying close attention to the ophthalmology community. But as you know, we're starting to see... Um, a lot more integrated patient care and in the in an example in the United States is optometrists are doing a lot more medical whether that be in a glaucoma or allergy or anti infective and even some pre and post op when it comes to cataract surgery so which is the number one surgery done around the world so we actually envision a world where there's more close collaboration uh and both professions are quote skilling up And that perhaps J and J can be a little bit of bridge for them.
0: That's a great point. And of course, we're seeing uh, a lot of aesthetics uh, avenues as well, or additions in in uh, ophthalmology, and I suppose some optometry as well. Is there an opportunity for J and J to to build out that as well?
1: Well, you know, I think we we view that there's the power of the brand. You know, these are these unique models where consumers are a lot of times the ones who have to make that first decision, like contact lens, to enter the category. So. You know, Acuvue for 30 years has been, you know, working with consumers to build awareness of the value of good quality eye health and encouraging them to have a healthy discussion with their doctor. So the notion of a consumer engaged in these healthcare decisions, I think, can add value when you look at some of the premium penetration in cataract surgery where people have to pay out of pocket or perhaps even in LASIK surgery.
0: Interesting. And final question, just looking broadly across the, the, the spectrum, you're on the Masters Universe panel uh, back in New Orleans at A- OAS, at ASCRS, Jim Mazer did the presentation about the, the changes at that level, the, the different companies acquiring the others, how that's sort of settling out. We're seeing still more of that go on since then with, you know, Jim joining Zeiss and, and other other news, including this one. Is, it ju- is this an ongoing process, an ongoing maturation of ophthalmology, or do you, and I know you've, you've been involved in the industry for some time, do you see this as an unusual amount of activity at this level?
1: Yeah, I... I would say, you know, I'll speak about it from a J and J lens. I mean, J and J is a broad-based, diversified healthcare company, and and I think it was Bill Link on stage who said, "I'm really yearning for the days of making sure that we have a multidisciplinary approach in the world of eye health." And I really believe in that. And so, you know, I really think that there's a convergence on technologies, a convergence on customer value, as I just mentioned, of these communities kind of coming together in service of remarkable eye care for patients.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, this is an exciting deal. We look forward to hearing more about it at OIS at AAO. And thanks for taking a few minutes today.
1: No, look forward to seeing you in October. Take care, Tom.
0: Take care. And that'll be a wrap. Thank you, Ashley McAvoy, for joining us on the OIS podcast. Again, we appreciate the time and what is no doubt a a busy week. And we look forward to hearing you uh, at OIS at AAO. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the OIS podcast bit briefer than most, but I think uh, very timely and very informative. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Lastly, don't forget to go to ois.net. Register now for OIS at AAO in Chicago. It's uh, shaping up to be a fantastic event. Lots of of different takes on the ophthalmology industry, so you'll definitely want to be there. Go to ois.net to register, and we'll see you on October 13th in Chicago.